You're listening to Death of the Reader, Flex and Herds here for your Murder Mystery World Tour, and we are back with our second novel for 2022, Abia Mukherjee's The Shadows of Men, the fifth book in the Sam Wyndham series. This is a thriller novel. We're going chapters 1 to 18 today, Herds. Bit of an action-packed time, isn't it? My yeah. goodness, gunfights, gangs... Awesome. This is our third story, second novel of 2022, and we're uh, returning to the fair shores of the subcontinent. <laughs> we're still in India. I, I should say, the reason I wanted to cover this book, uh, we've spoken with Vasim Khan several times on the show now, and his co-conspirator mm. over on the Red Hot Chili Writers podcast is Abhir Mukherjee, and I felt like what? with this book, Fresh Out the Gates, a recent discussion between Solari Gentil and Abhir that I really enjoyed from the folks over at Bad Crime Sydney, mm. that it would just be remiss of us not to touch on Abhir's work. Herds, are you feeling brave enough to recap us on what's happened so far? Oh, no, definitely not. But I could, I mean, look, let me tell you what my mind remembers because I've I've just finished reading chapter 18 moments before stepping into the ring as it were. So, you know. Literally seconds ago, he was reading it aloud, pinned in a dark room with a single light bulb hung above his head, yeah. strapped to a metal table. Corkboard in front of me, all that good stuff. <laughs> so the way I remember it is first off, the structure of this book is is fantastic as we we jump between the perspectives of two detectives. Yes. Uh, Sam Windham, because he's full of hot air and he's a giant ham. He's great. He's British. He's he's hard-boiled and he loves to put down rights. Yes. Peacefully if possible. Uh, and <laughs> and the other is detective uh, Surendranath Banerjee. Uh, his nickname, sorry, his nickname is Surendranath. Because he never gives up, mm-hmm. and that's that's what he's doing in this novel. Because he's yeah. being uh, threatened with with conviction by by the murder of uh, a Mukherjee, Prashant Mukherjee. No relation to the author. Yeah, I no assume. relation to the author, who is a beer <laughs> Mukherjee. It's very confusing. But apparently, what happened is that uh, Saran showed up to Mukherjee's house after tailing another man for unrelated reasons. Uh, and, and found Mukherjee dead, and he thought, hmm, what do I do when I find the body of a, a religious leader? Yes. You know, dead in his own home, possibly killed by someone who is another religious leader of the other religion that's in India, the Hindus and the, and the Muslims. Um, he says, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burn the house down. Yeah. And he's unsuccessful, to say the least. I absolutely love getting this book as an introduction to Surin and Sam. It's great. Because... It is just so immediately apparent out the gate how just completely these guys disrespect common sense, yeah. let's say. We we start with a little flash forward from Surrender Not, uh, who is, is talking about how he's not really guilty of the things that he's accused of. And then we yes. cut back in time just a little bit to see Sam uh, meeting with a gang boss so by the name of Udam the Lion Singh, mm. who they were basically trying to blackmail into not committing crime. It's great. Which is a sentence that I feel is very self-explanatory. It's very silly. I think that <laughs> this novel really goes a long way, and I enjoy this, uh, to, to create drama by virtue of these main characters just being such incredible loose cannons. Yes. Uh, and I do really enjoy that. And and yeah, as you say, we we kind of cut, for, cut back and forth between Siren committing the arson mm-hmm. and his investigation uh, in, in the past, and then also uh, Windham's present as he races to figure out what, what actually happened. That's like the first, yeah. maybe the first quarter of the novel. 
uh, which I actually really enjoyed because it means we can we can skip a lot of the stuff that doesn't matter by having the other detective talk about more important things and mention the less important stuff in passing, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I actually really enjoyed. We we get all of the highlights. Well, most of the highlights. We you know we mostly get highlights, mostly guns and explosions and and setting things on fire. Yeah, which I really enjoy. But essentially, our timelines kind of reunite as we get uh, Seren out of prison and go to see the police commissioner to sort out this whole mess. Then the police commissioner is hit with a makeshift grenade. Yep. And then Seren, realizing that he'll probably be hung because people will assume it's him, decides that the best option is to go on the run and yeah. make himself look less so suspicious. The, yeah, the, the contrived situation here is that Seren was sent on basically a special mission by Taggart. So now that Taggart can't tell anyone what's going on because he's been injured, yeah. if he dies, and Suran can't find any evidence to protect himself, he will hang. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he he points a gun at Sam, the only person- His best his friend. His best friend in the whole wide world and the only person he can trust. He points a gun at him and says, you know what? This is what I got to do, Sam. I got to go on the run. I got to take Lord Taggart's pistol because apparently that's what we're doing now and run off and try and hunt down the killers. It is ridiculous. Yeah. I, I think the other thing that I wanted to touch on in- in this section before we get onto the mystery in quotations next mm-hmm. is the city that we're set in. Both of the previous yes. novels that we've covered in India have been in Bombay, Classic one Mumbai. in mm. 1850s, one in 1950s. And this novel takes place uh, in between the two world wars in 1923, Calcutta. Mm. Uh, Sam is a veteran of the first world war and we get to hear some pretty grisly details of him going through no man's land under Taggart's orders when they both served on the Western front. What a terrible it's, story. Oh, it's, it's so, so grim. It's so good. Yeah, it's great. Cause the point that he's making is, you know, sir, and you were sent on this mission by Lord Taggart I've been sent on a suicide charge before, too. I know what it's like. By the same guy. By the same guy. Maybe you should watch out, which is fantastic. It's a fantastic way to frame the story, I think. It's not just another terrible war story from a world war. It's like this This has very tangible implications on what's going on right now. Yeah, and I think Calcutta is a really interesting place to set it, too, because, you know, it's, it's not to say that Calcutta has become a ghost town mm. since the British left. But I think a lot of people in the West think of it a lot less now that it doesn't have that Western identity, even though it definitely still has uh, a lot of interesting culture and the aftermath of the Mm. kind of cultural turmoil that we see in this book. It's such a huge part of this novel. Like the the thrust of the murder is that uh, obviously Mukherjee, uh, a Hindu religious leader, has, has been murdered presumably by uh, an Islamic religious leader. And that's leading to not just the threat of, oh, what if people find out about this and bad things occur, but like people are already finding out about this and there are riots in the streets. And something that that I also kind of kind of foreshadowed earlier cleverly is that uh, (laughs) Sam is forced to take command of a small group, a dozen British soldiers or or, sorry, they're they're traffic conductors or something. But he's like, all right, we got to, we got to deal with these riots that are occurring. We don't have the manpower to do this. So run boys. Like (laughs) we're going to hold them off for a few seconds, build a barricade and then run. Um, Because even though the British are ostensibly here to like help keep the peace between these two religious groups, they really don't have the manpower. They don't have the ability to, keep the situation under control. And the novel goes to lengths to point out that this is in the pause of Gandhi's, I guess, protest. And that means that no one really knows where to direct their anger. And one thing I found really fascinating was how often Abir 
through Sam's eyes will just make, I guess, very British comments yes. on the yes. nature of the natives. Mm. You know, he says, like, there's uh, some, I believe, something in the Bengali psyche which is predisposed towards <laughs> self-destruction. It's so interesting. I, yeah. I love Sam as a character because, as you say, he is kind of racist. He is... Uh, which you might call one of the better ones, as it were. But he he still has that British mindset of thinking, you know, we we have to control the situation. Calling yeah. calling Sam one of the better ones really relies on the <laughs> I have an Indian friend defense. Well, that's exact. That's his only defense. <laughs> that is his defense. Some of my exactly. friends are Indians too, or well, one of my friends is. I mean, th- there was something you said to me that uh, I really loved, where you said that it was like walking through a fog and occasionally stepping on barbs. Yeah, and compare that to uh, to Seren, who, for example poses as the aid of a poet and yes, then upon meeting exactly. a couple of other people immediately thinks to himself oh hang on these people would know that poet i'll pose as someone else like he is in the mind of the people despite also still not quite fitting in such as this really i guess cute moment where he uh he says that it's imperative he has to meet with someone yes. and the person goes where'd you learn that <laughs> that's huh? a big word <laughs> it's very good no no i think that the the dynamic uh, considering that they're not even on screen together, the kind of dynamic that the two characters have, the two detectives have, uh, Suren really, he has those street smarts. Uh, and Sam has, I think, gun smarts might be the best way to put it. I think that's probably yeah. reasonable, yeah. He doesn't know the streets as well as you think he does. And that's why, presumably in the la- in the previous four books, uh, they probably worked very, very well together. Anyhow, I think, as we shall uh, put a pause on this there. We'll come back in the last part of the show today to discuss... The quote-unquote mystery of this novel? The quote-unquote mystery. Yeah, I was curious. There, There is a dead man, an unknown murderer, and a lot of intrigue, but uh, <laughs> is there a certainly killer? not a closed <laughs> circle. <laughs> yeah, the, the biggest question is, have we even met the murderer yet? Yes, that's that's the biggest yes. question I have. Mm. Anyway, you're listening to Death of the Reader. We are discussing Abir Mukherjee's The Shadows of Men, chapters 1 to 18. This is your Murder Mystery World Tour here on 2SER. Stick around. You're listening to Death of the Reader, Flex and Herds here for your Murder Mystery World Tour and Herds. Flex? We've received a message. Uh, Have we? Someone dropped in our inbox, which you can uh, get to via the 2SER website. A message to the effect of, boys, this isn't enough Indian fiction. Ah. And ignoring the fact that this person has access to the internet, but apparently not Google, Mm. I thought we should uh, bring a few more Indian novels to the table for people who are curious to check out a bit more both of the descendants of expatriates writing from around the world and from local authors to India and the subcontinent writing of their homeland. I mean, look, clearly they need the flex and herd stamp of approval, which I could agree with. I wouldn't read a book that I didn't (laughs) recommend in the first place. Yeah, I think the first one that I wanted to draw your attention to, just because we're talking about the shadows (laughs) of men on this episode, Uh is Abir Mukherjee's Smoke and Ashes. It's the third book in the Sam Wyndham and Surendranath Banerjee series. Uh, It's set in 1921 and basically goes into Sam Wyndham's, at the time, serious opium addiction. Mm. He finds a corpse in the opium den that he's in and, of course, has to somehow solve this mystery, but not let out to his superiors how he found the corpse. Of course. Uh, A few fans of the series have messaged me and told me this is the book that got them hooked on the series, which is always fantastic. the best one, man. And it is the one that uh, is 
described as a brilliantly conceived murder mystery by C.J. Sansom, which is printed on the cover of a few of the Sam Wyndham series books. I mean, you always enjoy a novel where the detective's career is on the line because of their own uh, faults and foibles. I, I think what we could uh, we could really recommend the whole of the you know, the Sam Wyndham and, and Suren uh, you know franchise, I suppose, yeah. because of that very reason. Uh, watching those two get up to to any trouble they can possibly get themselves into. What have uh, What have you got first for us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously, you know, we're mentioning novels that are in our sphere of influence that are kind of tied to you know stuff we've already covered on the show. And I would be remiss if I didn't bring up uh, the next Camille Romain book uh, by R. J. Chowdhury, uh, The Cook, which is coming out later this year. Um, Camille Roman, if you, you may have read The Waiter, which is the first novel. And I, I had a lovely interview with RJ Chowdhury, uh, last year about the, about that novel. Um, and in the second novel, he has graduated from being a waiter to a cook in a Brooklyn restaurant. So good on him. He's moving up on the world. <laughs> but the, the twist of this character is that he used to be a detective before essentially being disgraced and thrown out. It was all, it's a whole thing. And very much is about shining a light on the corruption of the Indian police force, which is, you know, not something that's usually covered. So it's very unique in that regard. Um, but yeah, so a, a young woman that Camille knows is murdered um, and they figure that her boyfriend is the culprit. And so Camille says, you know, I'll look into it uh, and I'll bring my friend Anjali along as well, who is troubled by a rise in, in homeless deaths in their area. And I'm sure these cases are not at all, you know, affiliated with each other. I, I had to let you know I've been reading uh, uh, The Torrent by uh, Danuka McKenzie, and there's kind of a similar thing going on in that book where there's, mm -hmm. there's one more specific crime and one more general crime that seem to be disconnected, but you're sure they're going to come together in the end yeah, yeah. somehow. All right. The next one I wanted to draw your attention to is Salil Desai's Three and a Half Murders from the Sarawakar Mystery Series. This one really interested me. Basically, it's it's your standard murder mystery setup. We have multiple corpses, a suicide note that uh, also functions as a bit of a murder confession. And we go on a long ride through the eyes of, <laughs> of uh, Senior Inspector Saralkar, who has just been diagnosed with hypertension. Uh -huh. And that kind of plays into things. I actually did get the chance to read this one. We haven't read everything on our list today. Yeah, yeah. But this is set on the west coast of India in Pune. And sticks the landing in a few ways, but it's also like a little bit clunky. It's clear that uh, Salil Desai isn't the most, I guess, English-speaking English speaker. Sure. Some of the conversations are a bit clunky. There's a bit more tell than show, but I still enjoyed the ride. And I still thought it really stuck the landing. Mm. So it's like, it's a little clunky and maybe a little weird if you're coming into it as a native English speaker, but I still enjoyed it. Now, the, I'll, I'll let you know there's another novel that I want to I want to spotlight here, and I also haven't read this one. I, I do... I do plan on though. Uh, this this novel drew my attention just because of how many uh, ellipses are involved in the descriptions <laughs> on everywhere that I've been able to find this pitch. novel. All the advertisement. Look, I know <laughs> this is the beginning point, but this novel it's called the Calcutta Conundrum. Which you know we've been in Calcutta recently for mm -hmm. the shares of men, so I figured why not visit the city again through a different lens. And it's by uh, Somon Chatterjee, uh, and it follows a character named Pratik who is son of IPS officer Pratyush Basur, and he returns home to, to Kolkata during the annual uh, Durga Puja celebration. And he finds out that uh, a man has had his home broken into uh, and, and assaulted. And the, the twist here, of course, is that the guy has gone into a coma, but the uh, core of the story is around 
unraveling this this man's events, this man who's like dying. And I, I, de- I definitely brought images of, of poor Inspector Taggart to mind as I was looking through this novel here. Yeah, yeah. Um, the idea of like, you know, if, if only we could ask this person the one question, you know, what has been stolen from you? How can we find your, your attackers? You know, everything would be solved in an instant. But of course, it's about picking up the pieces and really delving into the history of this character. And that, that really appeals to me. And, and as this, as this little paragraph says here, will the ruthless criminals be busted? Read on to know. Dot, dot, ten, dot, ten dot, dots. Dot, yeah. Dot, dot, <laughs> it's beautiful. Dot, dot. So I'm looking forward to reading that one. Yeah, the next one I wanted to talk about is the Pervine Mystery Series by Sujata Massey. She's a US-based author who's written a lengthy series of uh, Japanese historical novels, and Pervine Mystery is her first foray into Indian uh, historical fiction. Set in Bombay in 1921, the first one is called Murder at Malabar Hill, or The Widow of Malabar Hill, depending on your region. I need to know what it is with Malabar (laughs) Hill and why it keeps popping up in every damn story we cover. The reason this one's so interesting is that Pervine Mystery is based on an amalgamation of two real-life feminist trailblazers, Camellia Sorobji and uh, Mithan Tadalam. And the book is beautifully presented, really charming, and has a, a pretty good mystery for a, a modern cozy. I had great fun reading yeah. this one. I had to assume, based on the amount of times I've seen Malabar Hill, um, even in novels that I would think would have nothing to do with Malabar Hill, even at, you know murder mystery adjacent novels from India... I, yeah. I feel like it's a fake place. I feel like it's like a fairy tale. Like on Malabar <laughs> Hill, you will find the truth and the firebird will take you there. That's yeah. my assumption. I don't believe it's a real place. Um, <laughs> that said, uh, the, the third novel I wanted to kind of mention here is written by Baroness Kishwar Desai. Uh, this is part of the, the Simran Singh series, which has three books currently. Um, the first of which is called Witness, Witness the Night, uh, winner of the Costa First Novel Award. Um, it's kind of a, a terrifying sounding murder mystery, right? Um, there's a burning building with 13 people found dead inside and a young girl beaten and barely alive. And of course, the the detectives, they're looking for someone to, to blame, someone to accuse, and she's the only person there. So they accuse the young girl. And of course, oh. uh, in comes Simran Singh, uh, an independent minded, unconventional social worker uh, to go against, you know, the, the police corruption uh, and the uh, the expectations of the of the men around her and that sort of thing, yeah, it's it sounds like a truly terrifying march into hell, <laughs> which really is fantastic. Yeah, I, I bet. The last one I wanted to bring today is Ankush Saikia from the United States. His Arjun Aurora, uh, the twenty eighteen iteration of that series, more bodies will fall. Someone recommended to me as a kind of similar tone novel to the shadows of men, very high octane action up in India's northeast on the border with Myanmar, uh, involving a bit of uh, espionage with the CIA. I haven't had the chance to read this one of the list, but it was sold to me on the fact that Arjun is a very positive character despite all of the adversity that he's going through, and it makes like this really dark tale kind of fun to go through in a similar way to how Sam and Serena are. So I'm definitely excited to get my teeth into that one. I'm really looking forward to doing, you know, more Indian novels. And of course, in my own time, reading more of these, because there's a really fantastic selection of crime fiction and, and detective fiction, murder mystery uh, in the in the Indian field. I mean, one of the things that does 
suck a little bit about Death of the Reader is that because we cover novels in such depth, we don't get to as many. Unfortunately. So I hope that, uh, yeah, this will give you the chance to spread your wings a little bit and discover the things that we didn't have time to get through this leg through India, though there's still a few more books to come. Yep. yep. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll come back to these on a, another journey to the subcontinent. Well, that's the hope. Is it just depends how long we can keep going for. That's all. It, when I'm 80 years old, I want to come back and I want to read every one of these books. That's, <laughs> that's my plan. Anyhow, we're going to get back into the shadows of men in just a second. You are listening to Death of the Reader, your murder mystery world tour here on 2SER. Stick around. You're listening to Death of the Reader. Flex and Herds here for your Murder Mystery World Tour. We are discussing The Shadows of Man by Abir Mukherjee, chapters 1 to 18. Our second novel of the year, Herds. Our first thriller of the year. There's normally one or two yes, that slip well, through the cracks. But how dare they? This is a murder mystery <laughs> show, so you nonetheless have a puzzle to solve. I suppose. The uh, religious leader. Prashant, the prize ass Mukherjee, no relation to the author, oh, language. was found strangled in his house. Detective Surrendernot Banerjee tried to burn the house down to cover up the evidence, and it's all backfired. Now the people are even more whipped up that someone would try to burn their leader alive. Mm-hmm. What's really going on? That's a good question. Uh, can I tell you that I, uh, as I was reading through this novel, I was working under a theory that, uh, that Saren was not actually telling us everything that was going on. I'm still not 100% throwing that idea away, but I I feel like as this is a thriller and not like a you know, a, a tricksy, topsy-turvy clinical murder mystery, that may not be the case. But but you're right. The, the sort of situation here is that Siren was investigating a guy named uh, Farid Galmohammed, mm-hmm. uh, who's a, a Bombay financier. Yes. And apparently he's heading he's heading to Bombay right this second as as we speak in the novel. He's heading to walk straight into the next Vasim Khan novel. Yeah, he is. He's heading right over Abir there. Abir has to work his absolute hardest to keep him on his pages. Well, I was going to say, if, if he's heading into Vasim's novel, then he can't be the killer because he'd be behind bars. That'd be a bit difficult. <laughs> but um, I, I think it's... It, it would be difficult to suspect Gal Muhammad, given that he is our prime suspect. Uh, you don't think that a BM Mukherjee could put together a compelling enough novel where the answer was straightforward and the excitement was <laughs> elsewhere? I mean, look, I there has been plenty of excitement. Uh, there, there have been all sorts of car chases and gun chases and things going on. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think that for the purposes, certainly in the first week of putting together the- a theory, I'd, I'd rather go for, for tastier meats ah. um, because, yeah, I think that- you I know, really hope that you're not about to suggest what I think you are after that particular <laughs> phraseology. I, I definitely am. I definitely am. But let's <laughs> let's go through this. So there's a whole bunch of characters. There are servants and drivers. Major Boyle is the military man who shows up to take over the investigation. He's pretty suspicious. But I think for, for the purposes of this, this theory, I want to point the finger squarely at- the ultimate shadow of of man, mm-hmm. woman. Uh, uh, yeah, historical uh, historical pun there. Um, there's a clever. lady who, because we got Gal Muhammad, who is the the suspect, and he's got a niece named Aisha, mm-hmm. and she's lovely, and Saran is completely smitten with her, and specifically he says. 
He doesn't say, I'm sure I could trust her. He says, I'm sure I can trust her words. It's true. She is also the one playing an instrument that would take a lifetime to perfect. So she's clearly the kind of person with the focus and determination to set up a Rube Goldberg-like machine (laughs) to get her uncle murdered. Look, I'm just saying, apparently- he was strangled, which, you know, I reckon she could she could kill him with some kind of rope or a garrote or something. Who knows? Oh, you reckon you reckon that he was garroted by one of the strings of her instrument? That well that was I was gonna say that, but I've forgotten what instrument it is. It is it is a it's a, it's like a hammered dulcimer, but there's a particular name oh, for it. Oh a hammered dulcimer. Oh, what a precious, precious instrument that I have a lot of history with. Um, I won't go into that now, but yeah, look, she's underestimated. We don't even get a name the first time she appears on screen. Obviously the author, uh, Makaji is trying to hide her away so that he can spring her on us at the last minute <laughs> as the killer because, because she's been living in the shadow of her uncle, Gal Muhammad, oh my free Gal Muhammad. That's what it is. She is the shadow of that man. And she's like, I want in on this Bombay financier nonsense or or maybe she's working with a down the line sing. Sky's the limit. I mean, it's true. At the start of the novel, Seren, in his his opening monologue, does say that in a world marked by the shadows of men, it is those who have no shadow who are the most dangerous of all. Yes. Explicitly, because the men have shadows. Explicitly oh. avoiding any uh, you know, any pronouns yes. in that last clause there, just to make it even more suspicious. She doesn't have a shadow. On poor Aisha. She's a here. vampire, obviously. Okay. Let's crash that. <laughs> I mean, maybe. What I'm saying here is that the only foreshadow here that we have, the the female mastermind, let's say, mm-hmm. the girl boss, taking, girl boss. <laughs> yes. taking control of I the love, situation here. I love that you're getting in on the, the new kid lingo, just like me, following I'm in my I'm trying footsteps. my best. I felt really encouraged by Vasim enjoying my use of the term clowning you, upon. Your use? Didn't I ever get- you know, It doesn't matter. We both did. Whoever it was did. the second time it was used that he commented on it. That's great. I'm, look, Which, I'm to glad be fair, was your it. usage. I don't mean to take credit away from you here, but it was it a collaborative doesn't matter. The point is, The point is, the man knows good comedy. Look, I would say that, look, the book's called Shadows of Men. There's gender- that exists. Uh, the man who's injured is a lord, which is also a very gendered term. Uh, well, lord commissioner, but you know, lords, lords are like that's a male thing. There's no, there's no queens in here, as far as we know, not yet. I, I guess the next thing I, I wanted to ask is: this all seems like a big distraction to shy away from the fact that you cannot explain who threw the grenade over the commissioner's fence and uh, injured. Aisha. You reckon it was Aisha no, no, I, I, in a no. car full of goons? <laughs> On their way to their next gig. No, I have been thinking about this. It's got to be the person who like orchestrated the attack has to be someone who knew about Lord Taggart's uh, meeting. Mm-hmm. I would, I, I, I struggle to figure out who that might be. I may have to go through the notes one more time. I mean, it's true. He was dragging Seren out of, uh, out of arrest to instead house arrest in his yes. company. Well, they make a point of it. They say, well, wouldn't Lord Taggart normally be at his office? Why would they even think he'd be at his home? Although it's it's possible that Taggart was not even the target. It's it's quite possible uh, that that Seren was the target. Well, I mean, here's here's the question I have. We have that entire passage we mentioned earlier talking about Taggart sending Sam on a suicide mission, and then the yes. next thing that happens is Major Boyle shows no. up, replacing <laughs> the normal colonel who would be in charge of these things, uh-huh. and says, "Oh, those men over there who died in this attack, they were they were army men. So this is my jurisdiction now. You reckon he's throwing his troops under the bus? Look, Major is definitely very suspicious. I don't know if he'll be like." 
the criminal mastermind, but I don't like him. He's he's definitely a pawn, uh, if nothing else. I I will I will say I am very curious because there, there was one piece of information noted that uh, uh, Lord Taggart has an an undetonated bomb under his desk, which is like a weird detail to to put in the book. Unless it has some sort of significance. My assumption there was that the bomb had had its explosives safely diffused off and it was just the shell that was on that his too, desk. But still, <laughs> I, I, look, I agree. It, it may not be that that bomb has literally- also it was a paperweight. He was one, using it as a paperweight. Yeah, he was using it as a paperweight. I'm not saying that it literally went off. Although, look, our protagonist are Sam and Siren. So who knows? Who knows what crazes they get up to? But I think it it lends itself to a certain degree of of, of cocksuredness on the part of Taggart. It's true. I think I think it really would be the kind of office gift that Sam and Saren would give would be a live explosive. I agree. They're like, we disarmed it, <laughs> Lord Taggart. Totally, we did it. And then they like huddle off to the side, like, Are you sure you made you you made sure to disarm it? Like, yeah, sure I did. Yeah, no, definitely. He bonks him on the head, Three Stooges style. That's my assumption. Look, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm going to put forward Aisha. Because she wants to stop living in the shadow of the men in her life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Udam the Lion Singh and... and uh, I mean, listen, Dal based Muhammad. on the title of the book, I think it makes sense that Aisha is based your suspect that, nothing here. else. I, I, uh, I, but uh, Major Boyle is a close second. Yeah, but my my money would definitely <laughs> be on Major Boyle here. I would agree. I would agree. Anyway, the producers have uh, sent me a message to say that it is the Santur is the particular variety of hammered dulcimer in question. Well, there you go. Thank you, producers. We appreciate that it. Takes, uh takes 30 years to learn, to master. That's too long. Who knows? Maybe in 30 years, you'll finally be able to solve for murder mystery herds. Maybe I will. It's true. I haven't done it yet on the show. So, <laughs> you know. But no, look, I, I put money on Major Boyle. It is very suspicious that he knows all the details about the case instantly, like he has an encyclopedic brain. He was clearly like prepared for the attack. Yep, yep. Which is very interesting. Um, and he's very, very quick to throw shade at Sam. Yeah. I did notice that. It's it's really fantastic. Anyhow, we will be back next week with more of The Shadows of Men. We're going to be covering chapters 19 to 43 next week. Heard, best of luck. Uh, thank you, Flex. I will do my darndest to catch the killer. Whoever they might be. Keep your eyes peeled. I will peel them. I will peel them with an apple peeler. Don't do that. Fantastic. I would never please, encourage please that. Please don't. This please is, don't use apple peelers. This is Death of the Reader, your murder mystery world tour here on 2SER. We'll be back, as I said, with Abia Mukherjee's The Shadows of Men. We'll see you then. 